This is the Doc Psychology Podcast with Lynn Bokey, Todd Langston, and Art Ortiz. Today, on, our, on this episode, we're going to be talking about origins, how each of us got our start in dog psychology. Everybody has a start in how they got started, or a mentor they got they mentored with. And today, we're going to do a storytelling about how each of us got our start. Lynn, how about we start with you? Sure, why not? Uh, yeah, how much are we doing? You just tell me if I tell too much. How about that? No, it's, it's all good. I think the more... Well, maybe I should say the more because I know how long you can talk, but I think just get the, all the, all the meaty details. Okay. Um, well, I was training dogs and, uh, I was tired of doing the obedience thing. And, uh, I actually started, I guess what would be the first, uh, outpatient board and train, uh, because I, I would, instead of going over weekly, cause I got tired of people, you know, on third week. Uh, all right, show me what you did. Well, uh, I couldn't remember, so we just didn't do anything. So, you know, it's ridiculous. So I just started going over every day uh, until Friday and then meet the client on Friday. And then they had the homework to do uh, the weekend. Uh, it was pretty cool. It turns out it's what people do now anyway. So it's called magic at your place, right? Yes. Sort of. Uh, so a client that I had, Rottweiler, and uh, very aggressive to other dogs. And I worked with that dog for five weeks. I mean, every day for five weeks. And I, I just couldn't uh, get it past this thing. And uh, I got I got this scar. I call it the Caesar scar. Uh, Elvis was the name of the Rottweiler. And uh, they actually used Elvis for the, uh, uh, the pitch show for Dog Whisperer. It was the very first, first really? episode you, you never saw. It was just to pass around the studios to see who would take it. And uh, yeah, so it was pretty cool. But anyway, uh, when this dog, the last day, the uh, the prong collar I had, never get one of those easy prong collars. Those Just do the work and put it on. Because <laughs> when this West Island Terrier, this lady wouldn't wouldn't stay away, I kept saying, go away, go away. She kept coming. And I grabbed the, the prong and I guess I hit the, uh, the release and it was so slow motion. Clink, 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 clink. Everything came off. The Rottweiler went, I jumped, I hit the curb. Uh, anyway, blood everywhere. I went back to the lady. And I said, it looks like, uh, I'm not going to be able to achieve what we've been talking about, what we've hoped for. And she said, you're going to quit, are you? No, I'm not going to quit. I'm just saying we're not going to get there. And that part of the story will shrink it up. I was a big fish at a small pond at Barrington Dog Park in, in L.A. And that's where I was doing my dog parking before I started training. And it's like my office. Did a lot of consultations there later on, too. And uh, I've been to that dog park. Yeah, right. Uh, it was before I, I was there before they actually had it fenced in. Right. And uh this one lady, she was in scrubs and, uh, this is my pond at this time. You know, I was pretty cocky about things. And, uh, I, she was talking about this guy and she says he was, he's a dog whisperer. I'm like, Oh, great. That sounds like a pretty good name for a business. Like the horse whisperer, he's going to make all kinds of money. Great. She kept talking about him, talking about, I was just getting upset. How could you talk about somebody better than me? Cause I, I kept everybody safe at the park. It, it was a whole thing. And uh, 
she was wearing scrubs because she was working at the VA and she didn't even have a dog with her. She was just on a break. And the day after I told uh, my client that I, I wasn't going to be able to help her, I said, I heard about this guy. Maybe we'll go check him out. So I went back to the dog park and couldn't find her. It took me three weeks to stake the park out specific times to run into this lady again and finally did. And then she goes, oh, I got to look for the number. Ugh, another two weeks, right? Finally, we got the number and made the appointment. And I told my, my client, hey, you know, when we get there, don't tell him I'm a trainer. Tell him I'm your dog walker because I'd already run into a whole bunch of problems when I was trying to learn how to work with dogs by asking dog trainers, hey, can I follow you around? Or a big foreshadowing of my shadow program, right? Nobody wanted to do it. They all said the same thing. Like they went to a conference. Well, I don't breed competition. Turns out that's what I did. And I, I've bred a lot of competition, but that's okay. There's plenty of dogs. It's just a funny way of going about it. But uh, so we got there and at uh, Caesar's place in South Central and uh opened up the big gate and he just like the very first season you saw he bring in the dogs now he didn't get elvis in there off leash uh elvis was pretty hardcore however he did get him in there with 50 dogs and i was just blown away how blown away i was like this is what i've been looking for you know how i'm not technology uh inclined yes we know uh, but this was back in the day when the computers were you know wide not not the screen the back and it was like green like want to play a war game you know really creepy i'm trying to find behavior and every time i i found something that looked like it was going to be it they were calling you know something that they did sit stay come heal as a behavior and that's not behavior it's not a behavior it's a condition oh goodness Kitty cat came in. <laughs> Wrecked my puzzle. Oh, well. Oh, man. <laughs> and it doesn't even know. It's like, hey, what's going on here? Uh, for those of you that are listening and not watching the live video, what just happened? Cat's Todd just jumped on his table where he was doing a puzzle. <laughs> How many pieces? How many pieces to the puzzle? Uh, so I had just gotten started and was doing the, uh, the outside edge. And it was... All of that. Well, I mean, how so many it was like it was like okay. half of the outside edge. Is it a, it's on the ground now. Well, it, begin again. Learn, practice, master. Begin. Again. <laughs> Perfect. So, uh, you know, he got the dog in there, and I was just blown away. Like I said, and then Caesar started talking about what he wanted to do, and I won't go into all of that, but he did show me some other stuff. Did you want to open up a coffee shop? Uh, no, he wanted to write a book and have a TV show and all that stuff. And, you know, me, I, I was kind of embedded in all that. And we won't get into into that stuff right now. But what he did after, because we we stayed and talked, uh, he there he doesn't do it anywhere. I, the, the education I got was amazing uh, compared to what he does for everybody now, which is really cool. But back then, I got to see the stuff that, he, you know, like he pointed down the middle of this pack of dogs and he went like this and right down that line, they, that half went over there. And anyway, they went all over there. I mean, point doing all the 
this is the first time seeing it. You know, how you guys, how anybody who watched the dog whisperer for the first time, being able to see the stuff that I, I was able to see way back before he had a show, just incredible. Uh, but I said, I, I, this is, this is where I, I'm supposed to be. And I said, when can I come back? And then that began, that began my stalking uh, stages for Caesar. You know, it was pretty crazy, but that's where I got in there. You know, that's how I got in. Actually, I wasn't in fully yet. That's where I met him. And, you know, uh, without telling, I don't think that this is super, I mean, his wife at the time, you know, was, was telling him that guy's going to steal everything from you and don't let him over. So it was a big thing. I, I showed up every day. I basically lost my business to sit outside his place on a daily basis, sometimes I would never see him come in or out. So he must've already been there or my timing was, was poor. Sometimes he'd, he'd come and I'd get out of the van and he goes, what are you doing here? Get out of here. And I'm like, oh, 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 okay. And then sometimes he'd go, what are you doing here? Come on in. And I'm like, ah. And I just did it over and over and over and over again to the point where, you know, I guess I grew on him and, and, uh, and then it all, evolve from there and uh it was crazy over how much time uh, i think that the first uh six months to a year and then then after that he got uh, the show and then in the middle of there about it i don't know the after the first season i just happened to be there that day and uh gail his assistant said you know uh they're saying you can't do any more consultations or rehabilitations other than for the show and he had a year waiting list, right, of people that would, could you imagine back then, well, 2000, 2001, something like that, having a year waiting list. And uh, he said, uh, like the, the sky is blue, start referring to Lynn. Uh, and, I, ooh. and that's where my real, my real education began uh, because, that's where I really found out about aggression and their hardcore cases. But uh, the way I learned from Caesar, and this is always fun. Did you see that? Uh, no. And walk away. And it might be two weeks before I saw him again. You know, I went on hikes with him and his pack, with my pack. Uh, crazy scenes back then before cameras were on phones, man. If you wanted pictures, uh, you had to bring a camera. You wanted a video, you had one of those big uh, <laughs> things way back then, but he had his 25, I had my 10 or 12. I mean, it was insane going through uh, Mulholland, uh, the, the canyon up there. Um, but that, then two weeks later, I'd come in and he did you see that? I'm like, uh, no. And walk away, man. I'm like, what the heck? Me, pattern guy, you know, recalling how if I heard stomping and then I heard talking through grinding teeth, I already knew that the ring was being turned around and the next thing was my head and my hair and I dragged all around. So I just started looking for the pattern. And whenever I'd start seeing him looking over that way, I didn't know, I seriously didn't know what he, he saw. He goes, did you see that? And I go, I, 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 I did, but, uh, but I'm not sure what I saw. Oh, well, I'm like, why didn't you just tell me that in the beginning to watch whatever you're watching? But, you know, he, at that time, I mean, he, he told me, I don't know how to teach you, you know, uh, I have no idea how to teach you. 
And uh, was he teaching other people? No, uh, no. I mean, I think he had just started uh, uh, going to Sherry Lucas up there at Templeton. She had that. She has that rescue with all that that, that ranch that, and so she had just started uh, uh, doing basically the same thing. But I I lived there, so I got to see him a lot. And he obviously loved going up to Templeton, so he went up there a lot. So, and she had the camera. She took pictures like no other. I have this one picture that she took of me and Caesar and, and his client at uh, the Mulholland Canyon uh, trail. And I'm all angry because she's saying, get in there, get in there. And I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to. It's disrespectful, disrespectful. Get in there, Lynn. And you could see I'm like this and my foot's off this way and my dogs are there. And it's, but she, she took that picture, sent it to me in a frame. It was pretty nice of her to do that. Uh, I, I only have one other picture that I ever asked to take with him, but now selfies are the thing and I missed out on all that. But, uh, it, it, at, at any rate, he did not teach. One time he asked me, this is funny. Am I not a good teacher, man? And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm sitting there thinking about the knowledge he has that he's forgotten about that we need. And I'm like, hey, you're, you're crazy. This is amazing. Why would you ask me if you're not a good teacher? And he goes, you keep coming back. <laughs> like, what? Wow. He really is somebody who doesn't, uh, yeah, at that time especially, didn't understand that we can't understand what he instinctually does. Yeah. Right. So you can't teach instincts. Um, but uh, so I, I just learned by watching. Uh, I got to go to, and there's a lot of things that I, I learned personally, aside from dog psychology during that time. But uh, right after that, when I was, you know, that year waiting list, I was doing four consultations a day. And you know how much I talk a day. I was doing them every single day, seven days a week. I, I had a three or four month waiting list on top of what they were sending me. So I was doing those consultations every day and then getting on the phone. I mean, it was insane. Uh, and, and an experience that, uh, that I relish. It, it's just a, a wild time. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, pretty crazy. What was the most dogs you ever had? Uh, that I owned or? Oh, no, that you had, like, that you were, um, had to deal with at any one time during then? During, before I had my first facility? What, um, I guess that would be... Yeah, once you got the facility, because now this is where I come into play, because this is right at, at your uh, point here. After it, right? I think I was, I had the facility for almost a year before before you came, I think. It still was a an empty building with no doors or shower. Or, you, were, you were putting fencing up, you yeah. know, you were you were doing fencing and stuff like that. There was nothing else up. I mean, yeah. it was still poured, super primitive. Poured money into a building that wasn't mine. Um one of the things I, uh, well, at that time, between when you were there and there, there was a time where I had like 50, 50 dogs. And, you know, at that time I had crates stacked off top of crates on top of crates. I remember. And I had yep. acres, I had an acre of cement um, before I did that. It was the, the stupidest thing I ever did was to open a facility. You know, I, I had started my shadow program and I, I in my mind, I thought no one's going to take me seriously unless I have a facility like Caesar does. And at that time, I didn't know he was, you know, paying next to nothing, if not nothing, to be in that two and a half acres 
because he was keeping the whole area safe for that guy who owned the the uh, the area by walking around with the dogs and keeping the the thieves out. But here I am, and that place was eighteen grand a month. That yeah. I obviously after a year and a half, almost two years, I was homeless for a few months in the, the van. So uh, it still had fourteen client dogs in the van. So rehabilitation. I remember. Yeah. This, this is when, so that whole, that is where I come into the picture during that whole process or during that whole time of yeah, your. Prior to me getting, uh, uh, on, in. Well, I also spent time with you that, and that's where I met Colleen is when you were living in a van down by the river. By the river. You know, you were doing it for, uh, Brentwood, right? You were, it was in Brentwood. I was living in the dog park parking lot uh, that, right. that was so familiar to me. And nearly every night, because it was the hottest summer ever in LA. And so I had to have the doors, the side doors and the back doors and the front doors open just to, and the AC on trying to get any kind of airflow through there. And every night while I'm sleeping, cops would show up. We heard about, I'm like, are they charging and uh, trying to kill you right now? No, they're all in the van. They're trying to sleep just like I am. There's other vans here. Why don't you knock on their doors? You know, people, oh, there's a guy down there with a bunch of dogs. You know, uh, it's crazy. It is a nightly thing. Um, but before that, the stupidest mistake I made before getting the facility, uh, I don't finish that. Yeah, it was, I did not need that facility to be uh, believed that I could do what I'm doing. Uh, I was the most financially secure I'd ever been in my entire life before I got that facility. And I've never, never caught back up to that. I mean, I, I had 50 grand in the bank. I had two vehicles, I had no, no debt whatsoever. And seven days a week, four consultations a day, four students at a time. I stupid. I got that building. But you live and you learn. Before that, though, Caesar talked about you got to have a pack. Got to have a pack. Yeah. Have to have a pack. And uh, so, because it was generally two or three weeks in between me seeing him, I went to the the pound, and I got seven more dogs all at once. And uh, that was always a big joke. Uh, Lynn is coming. I wonder what finger is missing, because I was constantly being bitten. And he goes, "Why are you?" Why are you getting bit so much? Well, you told me I needed a pack. What, what do you mean? Well, I went and got seven more dogs. What? No. You rehabilitate the one dog. You get another dog. That dog helps you rehabilitate that dog. Those two dogs. But you didn't tell me that. You said, get a pack. And I haven't seen you in three weeks. So I went and got a pack. Man, crazy times. Uh, crazy times. But I did it. And uh, I probably have more skill than I need. You know, I mean, nobody, nobody wants to purchase the level of skill that I, I have available. Uh, they all want it in five days or less. And it's, it's just going, uh, just sitting there rotting, I guess. Uh, but I, I would never, never trade how I learned dog psychology and the mistakes that I made to get there, the homes, everything, the bites, the, I would never change it. I would never trade it. And you guys had considerable access to Caesar. And at this point, he's learned how to teach. He's actually teaching 
specific things. He's got it all worked out, um, but I will never trade it. It's like I had, I have instincts as well. And, and ours kind of were like bumping off of each other until I got it. And then, um, boom, it was there. I, you know, obviously I have tons of stories, but those are just a few. <laughs> I wonder what finger is missing when it's coming to <laughs> Um, but yes, that's, uh, then, you know, uh, for three years, I, everything that was called into the DPC, uh, you know, was sent to me. And then they finally, you know, it just turned off that phone. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's how I, um, got into dog psychology. Getting into dogs is a whole different story, but, uh, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I did Todd, let's, let's, let's transition into Todd because this is where, you know, this is kind of nice, good flow because where where you ended not where you ended but where you you're in your story about where you're in the van and stuff like that todd comes in at this time yeah so 2006 2007 my wife and i were in seal beach which is just south of la and we get a german shepherd puppy now at the time i'm working in a restaurant and i'm in the process of trying to start my own business, uh, a consulting business for restaurants, because I, it, the teaching was kind of a, a natural and I just was going to teach what I knew, which was working in restaurants. I had done that, you know, for years and years at that point. And so when we got this dog, we weren't supposed to have a dog in an apartment. And, you know, we, we kept her hidden and didn't socialize. Her. It was a German shepherd. We didn't socialize her. And so really, really early on, beautiful. We, we ended up with issues. Yeah, she was. And, and we ended up with, with, real, with real strong issues from her with aggression. And at the time, I contacted Caesar's place. So according to as Lynn's saying here, you know, and they told me this, they go, Caesar's not taking any new clients, but if you want somebody, we will refer you these three people. So at the time, it was you. Sherry Lucas and it could have been Brian Agnew that they no, were referred. No, no, not at that time. He was my first student, but no, he wasn't. Okay, so then it was it you, was Sherry Lucas. I think it was Cindy. She just... Okay, so there was three. I remember getting three people. And the funny thing is the reason that we chose you is you were the most expensive. <laughs> and at the time, I think it was 300 bucks or something like this is what it, I think it was. So we're 2007. And we we get an appointment and we go down there. And you talked, I remember walking in. So here's what I remember. So I walk in and Brian is the one who lets us in. Brian Agnew. So it's like, a, it's like in, the, in the past, it's like of what's now, it's like a who's who. So Brian Agnew lets us in and we come in. And when we walk in, you have three or four students. Heather Beck is there Yeah. For when, when I walk in as oh, well. And Heather came in at the same time. And you had all these crates on the wall. And all these dogs were barking and we walk in and sit down and then you walk in and you got your hat sideways and your glasses and all the shit. And you fucking walk in. I'm like, is it this guy? And you go, and all the dogs stop. And I'm like, holy shit. Because I mean, the only thing we knew about it was watching the dog whisperer at this time. So his show had just, you know, been out a season or so. And we, we talk with you for a bit and you give us a halty. And we, this is, this is funny. It'll be interesting to see how you remember this. And you give us a halty. So I put a halty on our dog 
And I think, I think she's 10 months old. And at the time she had not liked anyone. She had not accepted anyone other than my wife and myself and one friend of mine. And you walked her away from us and you knelt down and she licked you in the face. And I was like, holy shit. Then you dropped the leash and she walked over between Jen and I. And you talk to us for a moment again, and I don't know what the whole dynamic here was, but you walk over, and what I remember is you reach down to pick up the leash, and she launches up, and she goes up towards you. And in my mind, what I see is this move here, and my dog just goes sideways, and then goes, boom, smacks the ground. Like, I, I, all this is still, like, visual, or it's what I, as I recall it. And I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and then you take her and you walk her away and you kneel down again and she licks you in the face again. And I'm, I'm stunned. And I, I look to the people that are standing there, the students, and I go, oh, you guys must see this all the time. And they're like, no, 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 man. We've never seen anything like this before. And I'm like, oh, shit. Well, that was the moment. It was that moment that I went, this is what I'm going to do. <laughs> and so I ended up, I ended up applying. And, and oddly enough, one of the people that was there ended up coming back when I was a student with you. And I remember him telling me, he goes, when you left, he goes, Lynn looked at us and goes, that guy will be back. <laughs> and I don't know if that's true or not, but I remember, I think it was a British dude, if I remember right. But oh, I yeah, was, yeah. That guy was. Okay, so he came back when I was a student and he told me that. He said that when I'd left, you had said something like that. And so that was that was the beginning of it. So my introduction into this whole thing was as a client. And then when I came back, as I did that story on Instagram, my, my first introduction with you was you coming out and immediately bolting back inside and dealing with a pack fight. And then me remember? and this other student going with you up to the vet's office to deal with the dogs that got hurt in the fight. And that other student ended up dropping out. No, no. No, she didn't drop out. This is, I was wondering if you remembered. Uh, Kendra was my girlfriend at the time. She was in there with right. dogs all by herself. And I was going out to get something, I think a client or something. And I, she called me and I could hear the dogs and I was already on my way. And I'm sitting there looking at that new student, just kind of, Ooh. and I went in and broke up the fight. But let's get to the student. After about a, a week, I, I said, you're deaf, aren't you? Yep, I remember that. And uh, she couldn't, she wouldn't accept it, wouldn't accept that I'm saying this is 2006 or seven. They've got some hearing aids that aren't like, you know, speakers, you can, you'll be fine. And she wouldn't, she wouldn't uh, accept it or go to uh, a doctor. And I said, you know what, you're out. And I kicked her out, uh, mm. gave her all her money back at almost two, a week and a half of time. And uh, to be honest with you, that, that, that girl about six months later, she reached back out to me and said, you know, it really sucked. It hurt what you, what you did and kicked me out of doing something that was my dream, but I've never felt better in my entire life. I got a hearing aid and I can't believe that I can hear what I've been missing. And uh, she says the best thing that's ever happened to her. And uh, I'll give her that, that, that was pretty cool. She did that. But anyway, that's when I kicked her out. And then I said, hey, you want to do Yeah, this? so I, I, I remember being there. So then I ended up with you solo style. So the program was 30 days. And there were so many aspects to it that it could be repeated. Our, 
I think the fundamental building blocks to creating somebody that can do this, right? From the not being able to talk to the fishing that you would do. Do you remember the fishing? Well, uh, some, I think Art told me. I, I don't yeah, remember. I brought this up to Lynn one time. He didn't remember what it was. Maybe you can explain what that is. Tom. I remember what, what I think do. you were doing. I just don't remember why I called it fishing. Was it well, when I was you teaching the dogs? You considered them salmon. Yeah. And what you would do is you would get them moving in one direction and then you would get them, you would stop them and you get them all moving in another direction. So the, the physical aspects of, of pressure in space were, were really visual. And one of the other things, and this is still to me really funny to this day, is that for those who aren't watching or who don't know, you and I are about as physically um, similar I agree. as two people could be. I mean, the way that we move, the way we put our feet on the ground. And so during this whole process, one of the things that I did, and I'm good at this anyways, but what I did is I said, I'm just going to be a mimic. I'm going to be a, a literally, I'm going to like match you. I'm going to mimic your movements. I'm going to mimic the way you do things. I'm going to mimic the way you do all this stuff. Even though I don't even understand what I'm doing, I'm going to mimic it. It was so easy for me to do. And from that, I was able to really to build a skill set of it because like I, where I'm really naturally able to do this is I can see change really easy. So if I could do these things, I could see what worked and what didn't. Even when I didn't understand what I was doing, I was a great parrot. Yes. You know, and that, that's something I, I still see with a lot of trainers to this day. Yeah, I get the parroting part. Some people don't move out of the parrot. They ne- yeah. You know, they just think the words. They don't understand the, the depth of what they're doing. Right. They got a lot of but life so they keep that- doing it. Yeah, and that was something that I think was was really helpful for me was that similarity. But there were so many things, and then I remember I still have the notebooks. Do you remember what I called notebook- that process? I think I even mentioned you should do that. I called it memorize, internalize, and become. I don't care if you copy every single word I use. At some point, it will shift to your own every action, everything, and then that. I- well, you still had the learn, practice, master, reinvent thing, and so. So it made sense for that because I wrote down, I still have them, all these like analogies that you would say and all these things that I would see in the appointments. And there's a, a huge benefit in in a different way from watching people give appointments. Like I have a, a student coming tomorrow for three days and we have appointments set up. And what I really am, uh, impose on them is I want you to see the things you don't want to do. I want you to watch this appointment from both sides. I want you to see the things that you're not aware that you need to do and that these are things that are, wow, I didn't know this was possible. But I also want you to recognize there's going to be things that you don't agree with. There's going to be there's going to be parts of my style and parts of the way that I approach this that aren't you, that that you're not going to agree with. And I want you to honor that part too. You know, and so the, the, the benefit of watching from the sideline, because you actually pointed this out in some videos and stuff that we had to submit to you, was what you get to see. And I remember you pointed out real early on in a video of me and a guy kind of having a clash in an appointment. He goes, are you watching the dog? He goes, the dog's waiting to see who wins. <laughs> you know, and so it was always about your, you were always about point of view. Yep. And always about, and that was one of the things, you know, and it still resonates. It's still very, um, it makes a lot of sense today. So the whole process. And then from there, what, you know, I went and did, you, you were very emphatic about we had to spend time with a rescue. And I mean, that was also a great part of the formula is you want to go from here and you need to go touch as many dogs as you can. Like you've got to yeah. get touches on dogs as many as conceivably possible. And it's funny you mentioned the whole Caesar thing because you're like, you don't need a pack. 
you don't need a pack. But of course that I went out and I just, I grabbed up as many dogs as I could, but part that, but that's why you learn so much. Right. And so that's part of the process too, is you bring all these uncompatible dogs in and you make them compatible and, and you start to realize how that whole thing works. And so then from there, I went out and spent two more weeks with you. And that's where I met Colleen. We were doing an e-collar. You had just went and worked with Martin and we were doing an e-collar program at the park right there in Brentwood. And that's when you were living in the van. Yeah. So between the time that I went and did this, the shadow program with you the four weeks and then that time there had been some changes you know you'd gotten a i think there might even been another no the other facility was later now my uh, and so then and at uh, my vet right there in, in uh Britain. right yep uh, she gave me the and that's what floor so that's that was the transition of that and learning the e-collar and stuff so from there it you know i i i just worked and filled my house full of dogs and filled my house full of issues. And, you know, as all of us that have done that, you learn how to make that work. And I think without that, I don't think it's possible to actually be a good teacher of this. I don't think unless you have embraced and immersed yourself in other people's problems, like over and over again, time and time again, and had to bring all these different elements together. Are you really truly ready to go out and teach somebody how to do it? Exactly. And that's just the client, much less I, the teaching others how to teach. That's this. a whole different animal learning the client. That's a whole different one, and it's getting so diluted. I mean, that's a whole other podcast. But but it, you have to get to a certain point of absolute knowledge before what you're saying is certain. And I know that to be true. So I, I can only imagine what some of these people are going through. That's why in the early days when I could do my thing, I broke you guys down, broke you down to nothing. Big time. And Big nothing. Time. Uh, I had a every day the homework. Yes. Like you, you know, why are you doing this? What, what's your motivation behind that feeling? Why do you need to be this? Why do you need to act this way? Love that. And I, I mean, you, I thought about it because I have your homework still. I wish I'd thought about it and brought the homework here. Well, maybe we'll do that. You should get other. pictures of that, like you share it on Instagram, like little snapshots of it. You know, we'll be careful. You guys have that stuff. Yeah, no, I don't want anybody having the, the info. But yes, uh, it's pretty cool. I still have that homework. Um, all everybody's homework. I still have everybody's homework. Uh, but the process that I was putting everybody through was similar to my mistakes in the Marine Corps, which I lived on my own, so I could walk almost, you know? And so why would I go in the Marine Corps? So in boot camp, I didn't know that they were there to break you down, to build you up into a Marine. I just resisted everything and I was good at everything that I did. So they couldn't <laughs> fail me out or anything. I'd called them on every day. You told us to do this. We did this. And now you're telling us that we didn't do what you said. The whole point was they're just supposed to follow orders and uh, whether they're right or wrong, you're supposed to follow orders. And so I, I, I learned uh, how to break everybody down. And, and but you were also vulnerable. Build you know, one of lessons were your vulnerability of what you've been through. Well, that's the that thing. Was In order to get the student to feel comfortable to talk about their worst fears, uh, you know, I talked about mine. I would, anything that I had you guys do, I, proved or showed you that I'm willing to do the same thing. I'm not trying to be some sort of Hitler. There's a reason yep. why I'm doing all this. And, uh, you know, I, you were, and I tell anybody, uh, when it comes up that you were my favorite student 
meaning why well the way why? i got to teach and the way we because right when i kicked that girl out i said hey you want to see the stuff that i do when the students aren't here before you arrive because you guys are there 12 and 15 hours i'm up two and three hours before you arrive and i'm still working after you leave one of the impressive things about todd was at that time uh, i think he lived in huntington beach and that's a 45 minute drive so 15 hour <laughs> days he'd drive 45 minutes still have to do the homework two hours two yeah. hours each way still have to do the homework which if you didn't do the homework Oh, you get in big trouble with me. You had to do the homework. It's all part of it. It's for your record. It's your journal. He still has it from 2006, seven. He still has it. That's how important of a I couldn't do it again. I could, I definitely, you know, that was a perfect time. I was the perfect age. I was perfectly fit and the perfect mindset to just flip over. And I remember saying this, I'm going to flip over and surrender. There's nothing I know. So there's nothing for yeah. me to say. You did not and give me, you did not resist. So we got to progress. Yeah. Everybody yeah. still wins, whether they resist or not. Once the resistance ends, your education begins. I knew that but was you, coming. You don't lose the education because you resisted for 25 days and you got five days left. As soon as they surrender, it's all downloaded. You didn't lose that information. It's just the resistance. And there, and that's why I need resistance from the student. I need resistance from the client. I absolutely want the dog to tell me how they believe the world works. And that's a form of resistance so that we can then bond, maybe even through adversity, and then move forward together. Um, a lot of people did not understand what I was doing. And, yeah. and uh, but. Every well, your intentional exposure of people is not always received as what it is. But now everybody wants it, and I'm too old to put that much time in. <laughs> you used to say, "Oh, how do you? How are you doing this?" Well, it caught up to me. I, I, uh, yeah. I melted, and uh, I guess it was 2000 into 13 when Canyon died. Uh, you know, I it caught me, and I melted, yeah. and I haven't been the same since. But I was, did I ever, was I a vampire or something? I don't know. Uh, but I enjoyed that time uh, until it was gone. It was really good. So, yeah, you were my favorite because you didn't resist. And I was able to do the things that I don't do in front of the students. Uh, and like the fishing, you know, put 20 dogs yeah. into a, a small area and you start working them. You become one pretty quick. Yep. Uh, Lots of lessons. Where do you, how do you fit into this art? So where do you come in? Well, I mean, the way where he uh, he just ended about Canyon 2013. So that was when I was I started a pack walking business in downtown Dallas, and I'd been doing it for a year. And I had some a client of mine who said, "Hey, I see Caesar's having this workshop at his at his doc psychology center. You should you should go." And I'm like, "Oh, that'd be that's kind of cool, right?" And so I looked at the price and this is when I, I had lost my job. I was almost homeless. I didn't have any money. I was going to divorce. You know, I had my three dogs and I just didn't know, you know, what I was going to do. And so I didn't have very much money. Then I saw the price for training seizures. And I was like, $6,000. I don't even have $60. Like, how do you expect me to pay for this? And so my client, her name's Janet. Uh, she's like, how about we have a fundraiser for you? And we raise the money. And I'm like, that's a pretty cool client. 
Yeah. So I said, all right, well, you know, she's like, I'll start with a hundred dollars or something like that. And so we did like a, at the time it was called crowd crowdsource or something. It was like what GoFundMe is, but it was like the, the, the very first one. Um, and so I raised half the money and at the time, uh, you know, I didn't have a lot of money, but I had really good credit at the time. So I took out a loan for the remaining, for the remaining amount. Um, and I also found some of my friends to kind of walk the dogs while I was at, at, at the course. And so I worked that out. And so I went out there to Caesars Dog Psychology Center. Um, and that's when I met Colleen. And, you know, we've already mentioned Colleen, but Colleen, uh, you know, she was a student of Lynn as well. And Todd, you'd said you'd met her at, at Lynn place. And so I did the, you know, eating with her ties me back into Caesar, by the way. I know. From that, I get there's a story back. I'm going to share with you that I haven't, I haven't told you yet, but it, 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 it's because of where I was at the time with Colleen because your name came up and I didn't, and Lynn's name came up and I'll, I'll share that here shortly. And so I go to, I, I go to, to TCW, uh, and you know, me and Colleen just click and you know, we just, we just click, like we just have like a really good friendship from the very get go. And so she asked me after, you know, on the last day, she's like, Hey, would you should consider coming to California and I'll, I'll mentor you. And I don't know why she offered that for free, by the way. Um, and I was, and my first, my first thought was, well, I can't, I don't have any money. You know, what am I going to do for money? So she's like, well, just think about it. You know, if you want to come back, you would, and at the time she was doing the classes at, at the dog psychology center. And she's like, you know, you got, you can work, we can come to the dog psychology center. We can, you know, you can be like my assistant and, you know, you can just learn, just absorb it all. And so it was, you know, she wasn't going to pay me obviously. And I didn't have to pay her. And so I went back home, told them, told my friends what the opportunity was. And I was like, I don't, I can't go. I don't have any money. And they were like, dude, you have to go. Like how long, how long is it? I'm like, as long as I want it to be, but maybe six weeks. And so my friend's like, dude, you got to go. We'll, we'll take care of everything for you down here. You just go to California. Uh, so I loaded up my CRV with my three little dogs, Emma, Hero, and Frankie. And I took a tent with me because I didn't know if I was going to have to sleep on Venice, on Venice beach because I had no idea where I was going to stay. Uh, but I would just had this faith, this leap of faith that I'm, I'm just going to go out there. I'm just going to go. And so ended up um, driving all the way out there. And, and I just did one shot, you know, from, from Dallas all the way to uh, Venice beach. And so I get there and Colleen's like, dude, you, you could stay here. I mean, all, you can stay on my couch, you know, you could, no, no problem, whatever, you know? And so I got to stay at her house, sleep on her couch, but I did make her breakfast, really runny eggs. That aspect of her has always fascinated me, by the way. Her ability to just be so relaxed and cool with any living situation presented to her. I don't want you motherfuckers staying with me. Yeah. And, you know, since day one, I was like, nobody sleeps in my room. And she's always been like, no, come on. I in. know. She's very slow. I've got so much. Just, yeah, she's such a good human being. Yeah, I totally agree. And so I, I got to spend six weeks with her and we would go up to the dog psychology center like twice, like Tuesdays and Thursdays, I think it was. And then there was an opportunity where, um, where at the time, I can't remember her name, who used to work there. Uh, anyway, she's like, Hey, we need some help. Do you, do you want to, do you want to help us out here? I'm like, with what? And she's like, well, you know, we need to wrangle some dogs and kind of get them out and stuff like that. And Caesar will be here, you know, some stuff. And I was like, course i want to be around caesar i just took tcw i got to see how amazing it was and so i started to you know hang out there at the dpc i got to, i got to stay there and um but what i did do is what a lot of people don't know is i was there to water the plants 
I picked mm -hmm. up poop. I did all the stuff that not, I wouldn't say nobody would, would want to do, but I did the little things because I just wanted to be there. I didn't care what it took for me to be there. I just wanted to be there and absorb all that stuff, you know? And then at the end of the day, cause you know, Colleen would teach in the morning, she would drive back to Venice beach, do some appointments and she would come back and then she would pick me up because she had a class at night. She had two classes, one in the morning, one at night. And to think about it, how she would drive from Venice to, to Santa Clarita twice a day is mind boggling to me because we would, we would leave because there was a class at 8 a.m. I think we would leave like almost 5 a.m. Like we would leave super early in the morning just to make sure we could beat traffic just so they could be there by 8 a.m. Which like Todd, you were talking about like, you can't do that anymore. There's no way I could have done that now. Back in the day, we didn't care. We had all the time in the world with drive, drive, drive. So, you know, I got to spend, you know, six weeks with Colleen and, you know, I got to, she also had like a, like a pack walking business at the time too. Uh, and so when she had all our dogs, like I would, you know, the dog she was training and she, she trusted me enough to walk all the dogs. I would walk all the dogs and, uh, you know, and so I think, and I think Todd and I, and you know, anybody that's goes to TCW, one of the things that we look at from somebody is how they handle dogs. Their leash skills is a, a good quality to have. And anybody who's listening, if there's one skill you want to pick up is learn how to use the leash, because if you're sloppy with the leash, you're sloppy with everything. If you're good with the leash, you're good with everything. And so, I mean. Todd, you know, like when we have like trainers that come in and they're just sloppy, sloppy with the leash and they're considering themselves dog trainers. And we just kind of look at each other like uh, the, the leash work tells a lot, a lot of the story, you know. And so um, that's kind of one thing that I always believed that was really strong in is the leash handling and stuff like that. And so, you know, Colleen would trust me enough to go take the dogs out, the pack. And so, you know, I was there for six weeks and I got to spend so much time at the DPC. And during this time, because I got to spend a lot of time in the car, a lot of drive time. I remember that we were on a phone. Colleen had called Heather Beck because at the time Heather Beck was uh, also there as a trainer at the DPC when we were doing TCW. And uh, she called her on, on, we're driving in Colleen's Prius and she calls Heather and we mentioned going to go see Lynn. Like, where's Lynn at? Where I've been trying to get a hold of Lynn. I can't go hold of Lynn. And Lynn, you just said that, and that was 2013. So that's right around the time Canyon had passed away. So yeah. I remember uh, Colleen, telling me like, oh, we've got to go see Lynn. You've got to go see Lynn. You got to meet Lynn. You got to, you know, do all this stuff. And so I just kept hurting about Lynn, Lynn this, Lynn that, you know, we've got to go, where's this facility? Where is he at? What is he doing? You know? And that was a lot of the conversation. And then during the same time, Todd, is when they were trying to make like a new like TV show about um, like the survivor, but of dog trainers or something like that. I, I never knew what the fundamental was, but I knew they wanted a man and a woman. Yeah. So, but there was like a, like a, like a TV show. There was going to be, um, like survivor, like almost like how he has the one in Asia, that show in Asia, but I think there's gonna be one here in the U S and so, okay. uh, Colleen was, was giving names of like dog trainers to at the time, uh, Caesar's manager and, uh, your name came up Todd. And I remember thinking, sitting there in, in the car and, and saying, why is Colleen not considering me? And I got really like inside, I got really upset because I'm like, why is she not considering me? Why is she not considering me? Oh, because I wasn't ready yet. Like I, I had just been working with dogs for a year. Like, you know what I mean? But I remember being really upset. Uh, and I've never really shared that with anybody, but because I thought I, I'm ready. Like I'm spending day and night with, with your dogs, like literally sleeping four hours a day. You know, I wake up in the middle of the night. If I hear a dog get up, you know, in, in your crates and stuff, I make you breakfast. Um, and so that is how, like I got introduced to, you know, all of this. And then, um, that was a summer of 2013. So I spent most of the summer in, in Venice beach. Uh, and then 
they had another TCW in December of that same year. And so I got to go back as a volunteer. And so I went back. I went, you know, it was me and Steve. Um, who else was there? I think it was just me and Steve. Me and Steve would just go and we would sleep and talking about how Colleen, do you remember how we'd all pack up in her hotel room? Like we would yep. all, we would, she would have like the suite and I would be, you know, on the couch. Steve would be on the floor or, by, or we'd roll in like all these roll, uh, roll out beds or whatever they're called. Um, and so we would all just pile into her, her, her hotel room. And, uh, you know, and uh, again, that, those are some like great moments that we had. Um, but you know, Lynn's name, name kept coming up for, you know, during that time as well. And I think it, I finally met Lynn in 2014 or 15 around there. And we all flew in for TCW, Todd, you were there too. And, um, I remember we, uh, she, Colleen had just started dating Dave, her, her husband now. And remember he was like making, he made tacos and stuff like invited everyone. Tammy was there. Um, Steve, I think Yoa might've been there. And that's when Lynn shows up. Hmm. And, and I remember thinking, who the hell is this guy? Like, and I told him the story too. I was like, he's just way too much for me. He's his energy is way too much for me. And I, and I remember like, he was talking about, Oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And then I, Steve and Yo were like, we're ready. Like we'll, we'll, we're ready to, to do, you know, whatever you want us to do. And, and like, we'll sign up. We, we want to learn from you this and that. And I remember I was like, I'm not ready. Like I don't want anything to do with Lynn. And for a long, for a long time, I resisted, uh, Lynn. Um, and then I remember there was, uh, he had gone, uh, to, to TCW. And, uh, I remember you kind of just, again, rubbed me the wrong way. Uh, the very first get go. And I was just like, I don't know what this guy's issue is, you know? Uh, but there was something that I think he said to me that, that, I still resonated with me. He said something like, he, I remember we were sitting in the back. Remember the tent, Lynn? We were sitting in the very back and we were sitting on the ice chest or something like that. And then something had happened on the side over here. Uh, and I just remember you, you say, no, 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 don't, don't, don't. And I can't remember exactly what it was, but anyway, this guy had a point. And then you said something to me like, don't ever do that or something like that. And again, I don't remember what it was. I wish I didn't remember what it was, but. I remember the situation, but I don't remember what it was that they yeah, I don't either. I don't know what it was either. And you just said, I that shit a lot though. Don't you ever. <laughs> oh, yeah. And don't so, ever. you know, um, I remember, and then you said something like, um, why, why do you let people walk all over you or something like that? And yeah. uh, I was like, I don't. And then, and then you. you see what I yes. did there. Yeah. And, and, and so Lynn uh, kind of took it upon himself to like, like talk, call me on the phone and like I would be telling stories and he would interrupt and, and then I would just stop and listen. And then he was like, why are you letting me interrupt you? Like, don't let people interrupt you. So he was always like prepping me to, uh, behavior expectation drill. Exactly. And so you're always like prepping me to, you know, just be confident what you're going to say and do all these things, you know? And so I remember, um, I think we, we talked on the phone and, and you know, when you talk to Lynn on the phone, it's never just a five minute conversation. It's probably an hour at, at, at least, you know? Um, and we just had a long conversation. And then I remember you, you'd gone another time you'd gone to, uh, to the ranch when we were out there for TCW. Um, and you'd worked with Bobby's dog. Remember Bobby? And, Regina? and then I remember Bobby just like crying because of how you connected with Regina 
and it was something about the something about the crate, like something in the, his her anxiety in the crate or something like that. Anxiety all the time. Whenever right. she was away from him, two two feet away from him. Yeah. And then I remember him just crying and just seeing some of the stuff that I saw, and I was like, "Holy cow! Like that was that was that was pretty cool, right?" And then I tried to—I uh, don't know if we tried to—oh, we tried to get you here in Dallas, and something happened where in the, in the new house you were in got like there was mold or something like that, and we had to cancel that event. Uh, and then it was 2018. It's you know this has already been four, three to four years that I've been talking to Lynn, and never really went to like a workshop or anything and so uh ian grant had his had lynn over for his workshop and that's where i i met lynn and um i remember going out there and saying uh i i know that i'm not going to enjoy this like i i just i'm just going to go because i just kind of want to see but i just know i'm not going to enjoy myself and lynn do you remember there was a guy from alaska that was there in that class him tim was named i think his name Timothy. was tim. And I remember in the first day, and I have this recorded, by the way. I don't think you know that, but I have this recorded on on a on a voice thing. And oh, you're okay. like, you're leaning into this guy, and then I'm I'm like defending this guy. Do you remember? I'm like, Lynn, this is what he's saying. And then you're like, no, but he's not listening to what I'm saying. And like it's going back and forth, back and forth. And I'm like, God, Lynn is such an asshole. This guy, like, just answer his question. And I would say that, like, I'll, I'll send it to you, Lynn. And and I said, just answer his question. And you're like, I am answering his question, but he's not listening. Right. And he's so mad. And I'm like, God, he's such an asshole. This guy's such an asshole. And then we got to start the, the workshop where you're actually like working. Uh, there was a, you were doing that. Sounds, let's what? make that not sound so much like an asshole. I, I was, I, I had a point there, you know. I understand. Like, I didn't know that's the way it is. I know that. I in, yeah, we were in Vermont. And then uh, I'm like, where are you right now in your mind? Because I tell stuff and you start thinking about what you do in whatever right. state you're in. I'm like, you can't be in Texas right now. We're in no. Vermont. Yeah. I didn't realize it then, but it was like towards the end when I saw the value in it, uh, which I am actually very thankful for. And so I remember, um, I remember that conversation. And then you did that behavior expectation drill with the dogs going out the gate, how you would go out the gate and you're like, Oh, okay. We'll go back over here. And you go back out and you do it again until the dogs were just like, you didn't say a word. And you just, the way you moved with the dogs, all of a sudden the dogs are just kind of like, just sitting there. Like, and then you open up the gate and they're just sitting there. And then they, you ask like, Ian, like, which one should you, should we send out first? And I'm like, okay. And then you start to start sending them out. But it was just like how, how they were triggered by the sound of the gate. And they would all run to the gate. And then how you just change that sound how they perceive that sound to create something dot, different not to dot right and so i remember thinking wow that was really cool and then i remember i think i texted colleen that night and i said i really didn't want to like this but i love this like it was it was really cool what what the stuff that you did um even now like some of the stuff i mean i'll, I'll share here in a few minutes but you know i remember that was like i, I called my wife too and i said we have to have lynn come to the house like we just have to have him come over here and like just help us out things like that and so uh, then, you know, that I came home and I think you'd also, my wife had been, um, we had a dog that we had um, named Rusty, I think this dog name was. It was a foster dog that we were working with. And it was a just really bad separation anxiety. And I remember Anne had sent you some videos of Rusty. And I remember that you just, you just responded with like one word, which is, or not one word, one phrase. You said, he doesn't feel like he's part of the pack. And 
I should you not like we started not that we didn't include him because he was but the way we started to include him because you know when we like feed our dogs we put him away we just made him part of the pack and then he was just like oh I get it and so it was that one instance where you know you just gave us like one phrase and I remember Ann saying he just said make him part of the pack I'm like what does that mean she's like I don't know let's figure it out you know and so we kind of uh, started to figure out uh then uh you know I mean, that, I learned, you know, through Colleen, the doxicology, there's one thing that I learned. And you, if you remember on the show, um, when she did rock in a hard place, I don't tell people that yet. Well, it's on the show. It's on the show. Okay. She You're did that one, she did that one thing. Right. And, and then, then I started to kind of like, oh, maybe I can do it, but I wasn't really doing it. Me personally. I, I just started like experimenting with what that was. And so, um, and, and it was like one of those things that I just always did. And, but then I saw you do it. And then I saw how you would reduce some things and add more. And then I really started to, to do it in person or see you in person. But I think when uh, I'm trying to remember, I mean, I know you worked with Romeo was one of serious dogs that I didn't really want to work with. I remember I called you was like, Hey, like, I don't oh, yeah. know. I got that. That was a, you got to be there videotape the first day. That dog was crazy. Dogs bigger than me. You know? Oh, it's huge. Actually, I think I showed Lynn. I mean, I think I showed Todd like the video of of this dog. Um, and this dog was was a what was it, uh, Anatolian Shepherd. This dog was huge. Uh, and when I first met this dog, I, this was probably one of the first dogs that actually scared the shit out of me. Like I was, I, the minute I felt that fear, I was like, yeah, I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'm not gonna. No I'm not messing to, with this dog. No need to work with anything that you don't feel comfortable with. And, and I will yeah. say that's the first time, not the first time, but like one of the most serious dogs that I said, yeah, because most of the time I could connect with the dog. I, I worked with this dog named Bessie, this Mastiff that was, that we connected really well. She was like super confident. Uh, but Romeo, Romeo was serious. Like he was, he was literally jumping up to go after the neck and stuff like that. I mean, uh, close calls on that, but within a short period of time, he's, he's saying, thanks. No, that same day. That that was really cool. And then he was like leaning up on you, and and you were walking with him, and it was it was mind blowing. Like, and, and anybody like I know um, a lot of people say that 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 have worked with you, Lynn. Like some of the stuff that they see was just like mind blowing. Like, but not only that, Lynn. I think some of the the things that I, when it comes to like dog psychology is like you you know you talk about your 10 rules to live by i see them everywhere now and you used to tell me you would you would text me all the time and and this is the the education that i would get because i remember telling lynn i know todd is is your favorite but i told you i want to be your best student favorite he was my favorite uh student training the way we worked he's yeah. not my and then i remember i told you i want to be your best student and then you said, well, if you, that's the case, then you're going to have to do like, do all these things, you know? So he would always send me a video and he goes, what rules are being applied and what rules are being broken? And I was like, oh man. So I would kind of like text him and he was like, okay, well, no, you're wrong. And, uh, this is a, you're, because my, my big gripe with him is like, uh, you know, if they're followed, how can they also be broken? I, I was so confused by that. And so he would just like send me videos to analyze them. And, or you would even, there was one that it was recently, Lynn, where you sent me a video of that lion that you posted and you said, what pressures are, I'm not going to go into the detail about it, but you said, what pressures are, are being, um, applied right now? And I was like, yeah, well, 
to break that down further for you. We never got the chance to do that because uh, I, I think I left you confused. You weren't wrong. I don't think I ever said you're wrong. You're not wrong. But these, 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 these other things occur. But that's a great video. I actually still have it in my file. It says arts pressure that I still want to break it down with you and, and show you. Uh, the, the, the confusing part of the uh, 10 rules to live by is that it's easy to see the rules everywhere being broken. And once you got too excited with that, that's when I said, okay, now that's their natural habitat. Those people don't even know the rules exist yet. They're breaking the rule. You can see it. Start looking for the rules being followed in the natural habitat with people that don't know the rule exists. That's the big step. And then the, the final step, the mastery part, is uh, being able to utilize the rules to your benefit to create things to happen. If that's a rule and if it's broken, these are the consequences. What can I do to get this person to break that rule? Because their consequence is going to benefit me. Same thing with the dogs. But uh, it is fun at first to look at the rules being broken everywhere. That You can see it. They're plain as day everywhere. But yeah. what I was trying to do with the line was to show you the, the calculus side of it, you know, where they blend and link and feed off of each other and transition. And then it's, it's really, uh, anyway, we'll get back no, to it. But that all stuff was so good. But I mean, and just being around, um, you know, being around at, 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 you know, working for Caesar for the past 10 years and seeing the stuff, uh, you know, how he uses Rio and how he just comes up with this crazy stuff, you know? And like, I think like amongst all the trainers, like myself and Todd and Steve, we're all, we're sitting back there and I, I think Todd does this too. I'm always figuring out what is Caesar going to do? What, do you, what am I going to be on point with what he's about to do? And most of the time I'm right, but sometimes I'm way off, like completely. Like, where did he come up with, you know, this thing, you know, or how did, where did he see that? And it's because he's already experienced so much stuff, you know, he's already, he's been there. He's, he's seen that, you know, That's um, a great way to learn though, by saying yeah. what's going to do this time. And if one of you were ever correct, I bet you were, you want, you walked around all day long with your peacock tails out and everybody said, yeah, you got it because it's uh he does have an endless supply of, uh, MacGyver type, uh, ways he does things with the dogs. And if you're guessing, you're trying to figure out which one, or something he's going to do, that's only going to enhance your ability to work with a dog because you're thinking and processing and seeing what sticks and, and what, what will work and what won't work. A lot of people, they just get into one or two things and they do it for everything. And, you know, I, I like French fries and cheesecake, but I'm not going to eat it every fucking day. You know what I'm saying? It's not healthy. Yeah, uh, but I think like Todd, I mean, there's some stuff that, that we've brought home, some of the stuff that we've seen Caesar do, you know, some of the stuff that, I mean, of course, we don't have Rio, uh, but just that opportunity to to be around that and, and just learn. And sometimes we'll go back to the hotel room and we just like laugh, not laugh, but like, holy shit, that was, that was amazing. I mean, we just kind of like, and we'll kind of analyze it and talk about it. I think, you know, me and Todd, I think that last TCW that, um, I don't know if, course maybe i'm the only one thinks this but todd the, the last tcw you, you and i started really talking a lot you know just about uh just things but um 
you know, how the brain works. And, you know, we've talked about Andrew, Andrew Huberman and stuff like that. Just all these things. We had some really good conversations. And I think the reason why is because Steve and Yo are also not in the car. So, you know, they, those two take up a lot of the conversation. Um, take and, and so, you know, and we kind of like, just, oh, do you see when Cedar did this? And do you see when, oh man, that was so cool. You know, like all these things that, that we've been, had access to and, and, and get paid to do it, you know? So we're, we're getting an education uh, while getting paid to do it. It's been priceless. I mean, it's it's not even possible to put into words the amount of knowledge and things that have been seen or witnessed or observed. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, interesting to quantify the physical time spent, uh, you know, watching and observing, um, and yeah, at this point, it's it's it all blends into itself. But that's part of the the team about that, which you know, I don't feel too connected to too many groups. But that that team of trainers and the team in general is 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 the most closely connected I feel to anything, and so he's done a really good job, or we've done a really good job, or whoever has of, of creating that up there with the trainers. And so, if it wasn't for that, I'd be interesting to know where I would be in life and career. I mean, so many things are better because of that. You know, so much personal growth, uh, all these different growths. I think are. I could attribute to that just the accountability of saying, okay, I work in this situation. I want to be better because of the situation. Live and to improve. I, that you have to, right? You know, if you're not living to improve, it's, it's, what are you doing? Right. And then uh, that's a, a huge thing. I, it's funny you say that I, I've lived by that. And, you know, if you're not trying to get better, if you're not trying to, whatever it is, you know, better your diet, better your health, better your, your physical body, better your, your ability to do different things, learn new skills, but getting better is important. Totally agree. Yep. One of the things that, uh, that's, like I said, Todd was, uh, as far as students go, I, I've got a lot of great students. My time with Todd was what well, was my favorite. We got to do things that I didn't do with any other student. Todd is great. He's actually a, a, uh, uh, definition. Maybe the definition is not the right word. But yeah, you can, you don't have to, you can, if you understand dogs, you can go anywhere in the world to do it. And he built a, a very successful business in Orange County, California. And when his wife got pregnant, he's going to move back to where he grew up so that his kid could grow up in a, a nice place and, and uh, family oriented. I think the rest of the family was there and he got lucky that the name of the place he grew up was Orange County, Florida, but he had a successful business and it's very difficult that a lot of dog trainers have, they can't grow because they can't say no. They can't say no to clients. They build the business before they understand what they're doing. And then when they find out how they could learn something new and, and that they need, they can't say no to the clients, which is crazy, right? But you packed up a full business and left it there and went and started another one from the ground up. This yeah, a lot of lessons came from that. Lot, I mean, so, you know, you don't. But it was a premise of you got to go, you know, that the it's a whole other episode, but it's who you get to know when you get there. Right. The rescues and so forth will be a. Your allies now they work against you at some point, but, you know, to help build a business, they're definitely an ally. So I, yeah, I think Todd also, you know, when when I, when I got my start with Colleen, and you'd mentioned this about like you know having a bunch of dogs at your house. I mean, I remember 
in one one week and I had like 32 dogs at, at a time uh, and managing the whole pack, you know, managing all the dogs together. Uh, and honestly, I was so comfortable. Like I, you know, I love being there. I, it's all I wanted to do. Now things have changed because, you know, I don't want dogs in my house and other than my own, yeah. um, you know, and I think everyone has kind of grown to that point as well. But I, I, I'm so thankful for those nights, you know, I'd wake up super early in the morning, like four 30 in the morning, you know, get up and get them out and walk the dogs, bring them back, get them fed, you know? And I, I used to tell myself, Oh, you've always wanted to farm with animals. Well, this is how you, you know, this is, this is how I, I always try to stay like loving what I, what I was doing, you know? And so, uh, I just remember just having dogs and the way I had it set up and, and just having, just being out there in my backyard with the turf and just, and Lynn's been in my house, he, in my old house, um, and just being immersed. In, and that's, that was where I got my education as well, you know? And I, I was so thankful that I never really had any serious scuffles. I mean, we had like, you know, things here and there, but I knew how to handle it. I knew how to diffuse it. I knew how to follow through with it at the end, you know, which is so important. Uh, and those are the things that I learned from, you know, being around Colleen and even, you know, uh, and, and Caesar and Lynn, things like that. So all that stuff was education that I got to do in being immersed in it. Like, I, I think like a lot, a lot of times, um, again, I'm not talking crap about uh, the new the new trainers, things like that, but no one's, there's not a lot of people who have been immersed in those things, you know, having 20 plus dogs at a time, you know what I mean? And now we do it differently. Well, they and do not enough. They hurt the dogs and then they we find out about them in the news uh it's just people trying to do stuff too soon you know i mean that's basically what we did but they're doing it in a different way because they have access we never had access well maybe you did it art no yeah. access to seeing other trainers doing anything no no instagram no nothing back in the day um now it's everybody's trying to look and keep up with the other successful people instead everybody's just talking head now nobody's doing any work with dogs and right. you know it's a it's a bubble and it'll eventually pop but um but the dogs cost it's, it's, it, i don't want to talk crap either but uh there's some work that can be done in the dog training industry uh, yeah that's a, this is a whole other podcast well that's, that we that's actually in. our next episode is is how to get started in dog psychology yeah, if it's, I mean, I'm kind of, I'm at the, about the end of the time that I have. Um, I think it's kind of, a, it's kind of concluded itself anyways. Yeah. And it feels like it's kind of We're going to end up repeating ourselves if we stay on any longer. Yeah. So um, that was a good one, guys. I got to, I got to go. Um, I got to get everybody fed. Well, right, well, everybody first, and then, then we can talk about you feeding. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how this ends. Yeah, <laughs> Producer Art needs it. All right, well, this is the origin story, how we all got started on dog psychology. And next episode is going to be how to get started in dog psychology because that's how you ended it. So that's actually a good place to end because that's how we're going to pick it up next week. End everything the way you'd like it to begin. That's correct. Awesome. See you guys next time. Have a good one. See you guys. Bye.